0: Welcome back to Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Siemens is a global powerhouse focusing on the areas of electrification, automation, and digitalization. Orion has partnered with Siemens for decades, providing rewarding careers for thousands of veterans in a variety of job families, including technical roles, project management, engineering, sales, and many more. To learn more about careers with Siemens, visit us online at www.OrionTalent.com forward slash Siemens. In today's episode, I'm joined by Jeremy Ball, a Navy veteran who was recently hired by Siemens. In this podcast, we'll discuss Jeremy's military background, his experience working with Orion, and what attracted him to Siemens. If you're listening to the show on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud, make sure you subscribe and share with a friend. The goal of our podcast is to provide you with valuable resources for your career transition and life outside of the military. If you'd like to join the show or if you have any ideas for a future topic, please send me an email at podcast at Oriontalent.com.
1: Hi, Jeremy. Thanks for taking the time to speak with me today.
2: Hi, Megan, how are you?
1: I'm good. So You know we're going to talk all about your career with Siemens and your military transition and all that but first I want to share with our listeners a little backstory on how I was introduced to you so I originally received a really awesome email that you sent to her Northeast recruiting team and you were just thanking them for all their work and helping you in your job search and the email was so complimentary that I thought I might be able to get you on the hook for a podcast so I reached out to you shortly after that and Unfortunately, I didn't hear back. I'm sure my email got lost some way or another. But around the same time that I was talking with our recruiting team about some of the recommendations that they might have for podcast guests, and coincidentally, you were recommended by Steve Jones, and I believe he's your brother-in-law.
2: Um, he it's sort of—it's uh, my my wife's cousin uh, is married to Steve, so
1: okay, um,
2: kind of, yeah, family-related, sure.
1: Very cool. So I didn't connect the dots originally that I had already reached out to you, but it kind of came back full circle. So all of that to say that I'm really glad that we ended up getting in touch and I'm looking forward to hearing more about your story.
2: Yeah, same, same.
1: Okay, so let's kick this off first by you just telling me and our listeners a little bit more about yourself.
2: Okay. Um, so my story is uh, relatively complex, but uh, I'll try to to go into as much, you know, details without well, getting too boring as possible. Um, I, I actually joined the Navy out of high school, so um, originally to be a submariner. Um, I went to school, so I, I graduated high school, I actually enlisted near the end of high school and left to, to be a submarine uh, nuclear type mechanic, machinist mate. Um, so I, you know, I went down to Charleston to, to go to school there. Uh, pretty, you know, heavy technical background. And during my training there, as I was going through the the final phase of the training, I actually got picked up for the Naval Academy. So that's kind of, you know, how I ended up getting my commission. Um, As I went to the Naval Academy, I graduated in the class of 2010. Um, And while I was there, um, you know, it was I had so much technical background uh, going into it and I started out as, as a mechanical engineer at the Naval Academy and decided I wanted to sort of expand my horizons and decided to major in political science, um, which was kind of odd because I ended up going back into the submarine community um, as as an officer um, and people always, you know, asked me how in the world I was able to be a successful submariner um, having a political science background and it's, it's kind of one of those things where at the Naval Academy they give you a huge uh, you know, slate of technical courses to sort of beef you up so that way no matter what you do, you can be successful. Um, so I ended up going back into the <clears throat> nuclear pipeline once I graduated and finished that out in the spring of 2012, uh, at which point I, I was assigned to USS New Mexico. So USS New Mexico is a Virginia-class submarine uh, out of Groton, Connecticut. And um, I took a role there as the, first I was the electrical officer, and then finally I found my niche and, uh, and became uh, the assistant operations officer, um, known as the AOPS on board. Um, this is where I sort of figured out what I was really good at, which was operational planning, and kind of helped lay the foundation kind of for the rest of uh, my future, really, I feel. Um, I did one UCOM deployment on her, it was actually the maiden deployment uh, for USS New Mexico. I did an ISEX, and uh, we were the first Virginia-class submarine to surface of the North Pole, which was a really cool, lot of fun. <clears throat> and then finally, before I rotated to shore duty, I did a workup for a second deployment. Um, but I had a really good opportunity following that to, when I transitioned to the shore side, to serve as a class officer and instructor up at the Navy's uh, Officer Candidate School and Officer Training Command, <clears throat> and the reason I decided I wanted to do that, uh, aside from a change of pace uh, for what I was doing, because the you know for when you graduate college and you go through the nuclear training field, it's very uh, very fast paced, very technically oriented, and it, it, be- it beats you down mentally. <laughs> you know, I wanted to try to do something different. Um, and that's when I found this opportunity to go up to Newport in Rhode Island and mentor the Navy's future officer corps, uh, which was an amazing experience, very rewarding personally. Um, I still got to have that, you know, technical engineering flavor by running their engineering curriculum. One of the coolest things I did while I was there is I got to uh, teach leadership and ethics and, and it's you know, 70 to 80 percent of the students have no military background when they go through. You know, you get some prior enlisted, but um, I was able to sort of they were bright eyed and bushy tailed for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. And I could I could sort of have a little bit of um, influence over these you know, young, impressionable future officers. Um, and in addition to that, one of the unique experiences of being a class officer was I was working side by side with senior like very stellar senior enlisted uh, RDCs, um, which are recruit division commanders, and Marine Corps drill instructors, um, which was a complete whirlwind of an experience, um, and one of those things were once in a lifetime opportunities to go up there and do that. Um, While I was up there as well, I started a master's program at the Naval War College, which was right across the, the street for the most part um and i ended up finishing that out once i made my way to the next job i had which was um of course i had to go back to my roots if you will um i took a, a job as the operations officer at the naval submarine support center in new london connecticut um which you know it's operations officer it was actually deceptively way more than just being an operations department head and kind of tailored uh my resume to basically I considered it being a, like a Jack of all trades. I was, I had to learn so many different roles that came as collateral duties to this operations officer for the Groton the waterfront. Um, I was the security manager there. I was the information system security manager there, uh senior watch officer, safety officer, midshipman operations coordinator, uh, you know, and, and a bunch of other stuff, which, you know, it was hard to fit it all into the fit rep. <laughs> But um but anyway, that, that was one of those things where I was I was still trying to figure out what it was that I wanted to do. I hadn't made the decision yet as whether I was going to stay in or not in the military and then um after you know talking it over with my wife, um we decided um that submarining was a, a little bit less conducive to uh family. And if you had the kind of family that I have, you would um find it very difficult to want to want to continue that kind of, um, you know, operational tempo. Uh, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: In submarining, especially, especially like the the fast attack submarine uh, lifestyle is, it's a lot, a lot of time, a lot of pressure away. Um, And it was, it was one of those things where because of family and um, the kind of wanting to change things up again, I decided that it was time to leave.
1: Very cool. Well, Jeremy, thanks for sharing all that. You certainly have a very impressive and diverse background, I would say. And like you said, it's almost like your military career kind of shaped you to be a jack of all trades. So because of that, a lot of people, when they're transitioning out of the military, they might have some resistance to change. I think that's just, you know basic human nature. So what were some of the key drivers in your career search when you started to get out? Because it seems like you weren't necessarily worried about change so what were some of the things that were important to you
2: yeah um and you know change in the military and in the you know i've been basically doing that for almost 15 years of my life so it's most of well all of my adult life but half of my entire life and so you know you learn to be regimented to a certain degree and so change is is difficult but the one thing that the submarine force sort of taught me as they went all the way through is Uh, resiliency. And I was able to sort of, you know, go with the change, no matter what the change happened to be, you just flex to the change. Um, So as far as like key drivers, as far as why, um, as I mentioned, family um, was the biggest driver uh, going into why I wanted to change careers in general. Um, And then, you know, unfortunately, the uh, summer eating aspect, I just was not as so, you know, from the very beginning, as I mentioned, 2004, 2005, I was a submarine volunteer actually, as a as a uh, an enlisted sailor. I loved the idea of wanting to be on a submarine and and everything that sort of went with that. Um, so, there was a lot of passion there. And over time, as I you know transitioned through the, the officer ranks and um, and and did the job, it it I kind of lost that passion for it, which is really unfortunate. Um, and so, I would think that was kind of another key driver for why I decided to to sort of change the direction of my career
1: mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, that'll make sense. right
2: right now i'm I'm actually sitting at a job that's in the healthcare sector. It's completely different um from that so I would say yeah family and and uh wanting to wanting to do something new and um yeah those are the two main drivers
1: very cool so how did you originally connect with orion you talked like a little bit about the um family connection there so was it that or had you heard about orion through another avenue
2: yeah i remember hearing about orion uh, a long time ago among other firms that were you know motivated to find transitioning military uh find them jobs in the civilian sector but as i mentioned yeah it's It's one of those things where I didn't want to put all my eggs in one basket, if you will. Um, And so I I reached out to multiple different entities, um, Orion being one of them, uh, in hopes of, um, because I I knew that I was resigning, I put my resignation in, and it's kind of one of those, uh, I guess, scary things where I know I'm getting out, I know my end date in the military is coming, but I don't have a job lined up to make sure that I have something to do when I'm done. Um and you know um a part of that too is that businesses don't typically like to really look at you within you know unless it's within about sixty to ninety days out from when you plan to separate, so you have to get your resignation in a a long time in advance, so there's like a window where it's there's an unknown right you have to make sure that you're doing things and you know time comes and goes, and you have to be motivated to to reach out to those people so um i I ended up. Uh, my wife's cousin, as I mentioned, uh, is married to Steve, and we went down to Virginia last summer to see them. And he told me what he did. I didn't even realize that he worked for Orion until he told me. And and he said that they have uh, that Orion does a career conference, and he suggested I go. And um, you know, I was, wasn't sure what to make of you know what what a conference could do, but it was uh, I was actually surprised with with sort of how things went.
1: Yeah, so I want to talk a little bit more about that, Um, you know, obviously talking about your background. Like I said, you have a very impressive background. I'm sure anyone listening to this would think that you probably could have gotten a great job on your own without the help of Orion. So how was Orion beneficial to your career search? And then also talk a little bit more in detail about the conference you attended.
2: Yeah, Um, so, you know, as I mentioned, Orion wasn't the only firm that I sought out. Um, and I don't want to. I'm not going to go and name any names. Um, but as I mentioned in, in the the letter that I wrote or the email, um, Orion was probably the the best um, firm that I worked with, just based on uh, the level of attention and and sort of care that you guys gave to to us as as a candidate. Um, and but the the actual format of the conference was really interesting. As you know, the one I described it to people that I talked to. Um, who asked me about the conference. I tell them it's kind of like speed jobbing um, You know like speed dating for jobs where you meet with somebody from from a you know a, a company for 30 minutes They get to know you you get to know them you ask some questions That's really awkward and then you hope that they call you back for a second date um, and and it's one of those things where um, you can, you can interview for all of the jobs, or you can interview for none of the jobs. And I, you know, it was one of those things where especially because I had so much more time because I was getting, you know, officially, technically out of the Navy tomorrow, which is exciting right after all this time. But mm-hmm. I started this process back in November. Um, so I had the five months of time for me to sort of make sure that um, I could look hard at the jobs that I wanted Orion had, you know, selected, and and that's the thing too is that the companies that Orion selects to go to the the, the conference are of just a different echelon of companies than what I had uh, interviewed for with other uh, headhunting firms. You know, I I was just impressed with the with the overall level of of um of you know people that you chose the companies that you that Orion chose to um, to meet with. Um, so anyway. Um, I, I did the, you know, I came in with three companies in mind. I interviewed with, um, uh, so I said for three companies, but the first one I interviewed for, I really ended up not being interested, which was good because he wasn't interested in me, which was fine. Um, and then the other two, as I mentioned, it was kind of like, I could really focus on the, on those jobs that I thought that I would be most successful at, um, from the very beginning, because there was no time pressure. So when I interviewed for them, it was more of a relaxed feel. I got to know the interviewers, they got to know me, um, and and it was just like, we hit it off, um, and I ended up making it all the way to the final interview stages of both jobs, and I kind of had uh, an opportunity to sort of pick which one I wanted to do, um, and I ended up choosing the, the job at Siemens. Um, and they were completely different jobs. One was, I was supposed to um, lead like being a training instructor, effectively, a sales training instructor. And then the, the job here at Siemens, um, the the title here is a senior product engineer. So basically, um, I am heavily involved in, in managing uh, with supply chain management here um, in, in the healthcare sector. Um, so they were completely different companies, two different jobs, um, and Siemens ended up being the right fit. So I'm really glad it worked out.
1: Yeah, that sounds awesome. I really like your analogy of speed dating. Um, one that we use here at Orion a lot is it really is almost like Orion is serving as the matchmaker between the candidate and the company. And it's just funny how many similarities there are between the job search and the dating world.
2: Yeah, no, I I agree. Which is it's kind of interesting. So it's I I definitely appreciate what you what seem what uh, Orion has done.
1: Well, you know, I want to talk a little bit more about your career with Siemens because um, you probably know this. Our recruiting team most likely told you this during the process, but Siemens is one of our, most, our longest and successful partnerships that we have. And just over the past 10 years, they've hired thousands of veterans through Orion into hundreds of roles all across the nation. So it's probably safe to say that no matter what your military background is, Siemens probably has a role for you. So I wanna dive into that a little bit more and talk about really what led you to Siemens and what your career with them looks like. So first, you mentioned that you're in a product engineering role. Can you talk about that in a little bit more detail?
2: Yeah, um, it's, uh, and first of all, I will say that when I when I went to the, um, the conference, Siemens wasn't originally on my docket. Like I didn't ask to do an interview with Siemens only because Based on the, the description of the job itself, um, I didn't think that I was qualified to do the job. Um, I, at least I didn't think so at the time. And I, I talked with um, Chris, and he said that he thinks I should interview anyway. So I went ahead and, and got uh, I took the interview. And in talking with the hiring manager um, here, I really actually realized that it was a perfect fit um and and the reason for that is because as i mentioned sort of uh, jack of all trades is is kind of what i've had to become over my time in the military and i i was really good at operational planning and i was very good um especially at my last command um doing the project management side of things um but it wasn't you know when you when you think engineering or being an engineer you think more uh, of a technical background and i wasn't sure if i wanted to do that but it was more of a project management-based engineering, if you will. It's, it's kind of deceptive when they call me an engineer. I almost feel like I'm not an engineer based on what I do. I'm more of a project manager. But, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things where, um, you know, the, the job title doesn't quite explain exactly what it is that you do. Um, but the interesting thing about working with Siemens as well, and I completely avoided your question, I think,
1: um <laughs> no, I think you you answered that
2: <laughs> <clears throat> well, so what i what I exactly do is that, so we actually have a team of engineers <clears throat> that come up with uh, you know new designs or or improvements to current designs for for what they do out here in uh, um, and my role is to take their what they create and translate it to um, basically manufacturing so taking the things that that are developed and and helping make them become a reality and managing um, the process of of, of conception to to, um, to getting it out in the field is kind of um, what i what i do here
1: um, so yeah awesome well no don't worry you definitely i think you definitely um, answered my question and you brought up something that i was going to ask you about because i heard from steve that siemens was not originally on the list of companies that you wanted to interview, but obviously there was something that initially ended up attracting you to them. After you talked to Chris, and then after you interviewed with them, is there anything in particular that stands out as maybe like the thing that you saw that you said, "This is the company I have to go work for"?
2: Um, it's it was healthcare is 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 a so the reason I joined the Navy in the first place, um, right out of high school, and before you know going on the the career that I did. Um, uh, there was a call to serve. I, I wanted to uh, serve our country um, because I thought it was important. And I, back then, I didn't know that I needed the discipline, but I definitely know now that I needed the discipline. Um, but I always wanted to help people. It was, it's kind of also the reason why I enjoyed uh, OCS so much was in leadership and ethics specifically, is because I felt like I had an influence, you know, whether I did or not, I guess, you know, it's still to be seen. But um I, I enjoy helping um, helping people. And healthcare, it just kind of spoke to me as one of those fields where, especially with what they do here, they, they reach out affect on an international level, um, the healthcare industry. And when I heard exactly what they did, to me, that was another driving factor for, I want to work for this company um, because of the impact that they have and it, you know, after being here, uh, where I am specifically with uh, the healthcare side uh, or the uh, diagnostics healthcare side, which is where I'm at, it's it's just been kind of interesting to see how much ownership their employees have. Their their, their model of of, um, of their business has sort of shifted over the last few years, and I'm entering now where there's a lot more accountability on the employee side, where uh, you feel like you have a direct impact over how well the company does and mm-hmm. for me um knowing that i can have that sort of impact especially so uh, what happened recently is um th- there was a gentleman who had this job in my division my department for about 10 years and he ended up leaving 2 weeks ago and he was a he had a huge role uh managing one of the the major new projects and so without you know realizing exactly what that was going to mean for me my manager came up to me and said, well, you're going to take that over. And so I kind of got thrust into a role, a project management role right away. Um, and and I have already started to make an impact here, I feel.
1: Well, that's awesome. Cause that was another thing I was going to ask you is um, I guess really if how much opportunity for growth there is there. And if that's something that you're excited about, the potential there, but it sounds like you already know what, um, maybe what your career path might look like, even though you have only been there for a short amount of time.
2: Yeah. And, and Siemens really is just a big company. Um, you know, even, you know, I, everything is is working out fantastically, but let's say for whatever reason, this is something that, you know, I just, because it's only been, you know, just under two months. Um, so let's say there, this is something that I decided in for me, there's actually so much opportunity in Siemens in general, um, in, in various different I mean, there's sites all over the world. They're, you know, they're getting ready to send me um, To go visit the headquarters in Germany so I can learn and see what they do there and they have facilities and Contacts out in the UK that they're gonna send me to so there is There's is actually more travel than I expected there would be but they want me to go and see these things so that way I can have the perspective and um you know sort of going back along with the growth potential there's just so many different opportunities you know they have industry energy and healthcare are their major uh, areas that they have Um, so you know you can sort of expand into whatever makes the most sense for you you know when they when they hired me it was it it seems more like they they want me to find uh, a niche uh, here and find a role that can be beneficial they you know they saw me more as uh, a potential um, uh, employee that can that can benefit the company as a whole rather than trying to fit me in or mold me into a specific role. If that makes any sense.
1: Mm-hmm. And everything you just explained, it sounds like Siemens is really a company that invests in its employees. I mean, like you said, at less than two months, they're already talking about having you travel all over the world and see the other aspects of their business. So I think that's awesome. I mean, that really shows that they're committed to their employees.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um and, and specifically too, they are very uh, you know, military friendly and it's it's a very professional environment. Um, but one one of the things that I like too is that um they they don't as some companies do they don't require you to wear a suit and tie to work every day. Um it is very professional. It's it's you know, it's not like we're wearing jeans or anything, but um, you know, you wear you wear a good get yeah, up, but I don't have to worry about it. it's not like a uniform anymore. Um, you know, plus suits and ties are so uncomfortable.
1: Exactly. I think that's definitely a plus side, and I was going to ask you if you would recommend Siemens to other veterans, but like you said, it, it is a very military-friendly organization.
2: Yeah, um, and I will say this too specifically about Siemens is, you know, there there is, you know, I, we mentioned change and how difficult sometimes it is to, to make or, uh, you know, go with change. But um, I was surprised to see in Siemens the – there is – Still, some like regimented policies and procedures like um, there's a lot of things because it's a huge company right so the things that they do you have there's still a procedure that has to be followed so for those in the you know in the military that have that background that you know everything you do is based on a procedure uh, especially in the submarine community you really can't operate doing anything without a procedure um, Siemens kind of has that so it's it's been a little bit of an easier transition and helped me to be successful because I've been able to you know. That, that's kind of what I, I, you know, lived and breathed on ever since I was, you know, a young sailor.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, other than being able to kind of follow procedures and those things that you learned in the military, is there anything else during your time in service you think specifically helped to prepare you for a civilian career?
2: <laughs> well, how much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> um, the So, yeah. You know, as I mentioned, I I've been in the military for about 15 years. It um, discipline, work ethic. Um, you know, they taught me the military taught me so much about how how to grow as a person um, and align myself to like goals of a of a greater good. Um, management, both people and processes. Um, you know, devotion to a, a specific mission, being passionate about something. Um, and as well as like the, in the military, the hours don't matter as much as the quality of work. And that's also kind of like a personal thing for me is you just don't go home until the job is done. Um, and that was something that as an officer, I was, I was instilled from the very beginning. And it wasn't even that you had to like force me to, to take that on. That was just a personal, um, you know, Mo for me that I I was going to do the job. It didn't matter how late I would stay to get the job done, but as long as I got the job done, that's the most important thing. Because at the end of the end of the day, when you you know ask yourself whether or not you're feeling fulfilled about what you're doing, as long as you, you do the job to the best of your ability, um, it's you know for sure one of those things that I took from my time in the military.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think that commitment is something that is something we see a lot in our military candidates that. You might not always see in a candidate that does not have military background. So I would say that's one of the big things that sets military candidates apart from non-military candidates.
2: Yeah, um, it's it's just a different different environment, and it's it's not until you go home. You know, everything in the military says that you know when they go home and they see you know the friends that they had you know back home, and you know not to. Be judgmental or anything, but you can just tell that there's a different mentality um, that the military sort of instills because it's just an expectation, right? And that you know, if you if you work on a ship or, or it doesn't really matter what you're doing, you know, what, what branch of service you're in, there is a certain level of accountability um, just by nature of the job that in the civilian side it just doesn't it doesn't equate, right? Um, not mm-hmm. to, not to you know, say anything negative about, you know, civilian type jobs that are not military or, you know, but it's just a different type of personality that I feel like, you know, my time in the military over the last 15 years has um, allowed me to grow. Um, you know, and that's kind of one of the reasons why I joined the military in the first place is that I knew really I needed that, you know.
1: Yeah, definitely. Now, it sounds like you were pretty on top of it when you were transitioning out of the military. But in hindsight, is there anything that you wish that you had known or done differently?
2: um the the only thing that i could think of is knowing about the civilian health care side of things because as i mentioned um i joined right out of high school and i never had to figure out health care at all uh and now i'm in a position where not only did i have to figure out health care for myself but i now have a family that i have to figure out health care for as well um and it's I just had no idea. So I had to sort of start from the very beginning, the ground floor of what in the world are the different options that you have. Um and, and that's just one of those things where I don't even know if it, you know, prior to leaving I really could have completely understood because it really depended where I was going to go. But it's one of those things just I, I would sort of, you know, make a recommendation to do some research if you don't know anything about the civilian healthcare side of things. Um, because, you know, obviously if you don't have the military self care, you got to figure out some way of being able to take care of yourself.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think that's great advice. So I think you've shared a lot of really good information here. I'm excited that I did get to have you on and learn more about your story and also your career with Siemens. So thank you again for joining. Is there anything else you want to share with our listeners before we close out?
2: Um, the, the only thing I'll just kind of echo from what I had said before is um, you want to start that job search early. You know, if a company really wants you, they can and will to some extent, you know, wait for you. Not, not too, too long, but, um, you know, obviously not saying that the particular job is still going to be available in uh, every single circumstance is different. But the closer that you start your search to the end of your military career, the more pressure you might feel to just settle on a job. And I didn't want to just settle on a job. I wanted to find something that I was going to, you know, potentially enjoy doing um, because that's kind of a rare thing in today's day and age. Uh, mm-hmm. But by giving, myself, by giving myself months in advance, um, and it was really a delicate balance because so many companies don't want to take a look too far out, as I mentioned. Um, and as I mentioned as well, how stressful it can be knowing my, res- my resignation was in, but I didn't have a job lined up. Um at at the very least, starting a job search early gives you gives you experience and confidence during the interview process first and foremost, but more than that can allow you to sort of relax a little bit knowing that you are working toward finding the next thing. Um so you know, starting early is my biggest piece of advice.
1: Yes, yeah, so well thank you. I think that's a very important thing to end with because I think that's a common theme that I hear when I ask people who have successfully made the transition is always starting early. So if there's anything to drive home, it seems like it would be that.
2: Yeah. You know, and and as I had said before, it was, you know, they don't, companies don't like to look at you 60 days, 60 to 90 days or until 60 to 90 days out. But, you know, at least the experience of interviewing um, does, Mm -hmm. does really play a part.
1: Yeah, there's those things that you can try to get um, kind of checked off the list even prior to interviewing, whether it's, like you said, the interview preparation or getting your resume in line, knowing what type of job you might be interested in, so that when you are within the time window that a company is willing to look at you, you're ready to go.
2: Exactly. Exactly. No, I agree.
1: Awesome. Well, Jeremy, thank you so much for joining me today. And I look forward to hearing more about your career and all of your success with Siemens here in the future.
2: Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: Thanks.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud so that you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you. So if you have any feedback, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Our goal is to help all military job seekers through their transition and beyond. So make sure you share our show with your friends. See you next time.